Welcome to season six of the Shock Your Potential podcast. I'm your host, Michael Sherlock. This year, we have something completely new for you. As we launch our new career coaching community, we will be sharing excerpts from our weekly live sessions of The Enlightened Workplace. The Enlightened Workplace is a work environment where all team members are committed to personal and professional development and who have a commitment to serve the company mission and the vision to the highest standards. Creating an enlightened workplace starts with enlightened employees and enlightened leaders. It may not be easy, but it is definitely worth the effort. Listen in to another excerpt that will shock your potential and guide your path towards an enlightened workplace. We're going to go into our topic of the day, which is how self-doubt is really hurting your career. Self-doubt is something we all face. And in fact, sometimes we talk about it as imposter syndrome. And I thought I'd just take a moment here as I put my glasses back on for a moment and talk about the definition of imposter, imposter syndrome. So the definition is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. So they also say that people suffering from imposter syndrome may be at increased risk of anxiety. So what's the difference between self-doubt and imposter syndrome? Well, sometimes it's very little because they can play upon each other, but when self-doubt becomes imposter syndrome and it wraps itself back around itself, we can get stuck. When we get stuck, we no longer move forward and thus we lose opportunity. So when we talk about self-doubt hurting your career, there is a direct correlation with too much self-doubt and not enough career acceleration. So that might be a raise, a promotion, a new job, a new opportunity. It might be success in your current position, but that self-doubt part of you is that element that actually does harm your career. And I'm going to talk about it in a couple different ways. So I'm, I'm going to tell you too, that I have uh, enjoyed, and I'm going to say the word enjoy, my share of self-doubt over the years in the various positions that I've had for different reasons. So where I started out in the jewelry store was a great example of uh, starting out in a very low level position as a gift wrapper. And then asking so many questions and being so curious about what happened at that store and what we did and how the sales process worked and the products that we sold that I actually, before the end of that first Christmas season, was sell selling fine jewelry on the floor of a jewelry store at age 16. Now that seems like, oh, Michael, how would you have self-doubt with that? Well, the great thing about that was is sometimes I felt very confident and other times I went backwards. Because it's this, this system, it's a process. As you travel down the road of a career, sometimes things feel great. Sometimes they don't feel so certain. And many times people will get very comfortable in a role they're in and not want to leave it, even though they might want a promotion, they might want to raise, they might want a new experience, but it can be very fearful or intimidating to do something new, to stretch yourself. Now, let me give you an example. So I'm going to give you an example. Pretend that there's these two women who work together. One I'm going to call Sarah 
The other, I'm just going to call her boss because I haven't given her a name yet. So you can call her her boss, her leader, whatever. But Sarah has been a marketing assistant in her company for a couple of years, and she's been doing a great job. She feels good. She knows what to do, mostly because her boss tells her what to do. So she's very good at getting a task and then completing it. And that feels very satisfying to her. Now, she has dreams. She'd like to achieve more. She'd like to do more. But that would be uncomfortable. And Sarah's boss really wants Sarah to be able to achieve more. So she has an opportunity with a new product that the company is coming out with to let Sarah have a little time to shine. So she sits her down in this meeting and says, Sarah, here's what we're going to do. We have a new product. I want you to be in charge of a couple of our new social media posts regarding our new product. Now, what I want is I want this to be something different than anything we've ever done before. I want it to be different than we're seeing with any of our competition in their social media posts. And so she goes on to talk a little bit about what she wants. Now, all the while, Sarah's in her head thinking, oh, wait, what do you mean? I'm going to be responsible for this? This is just up to me? What am I going to do? I have to make the decisions? Wait, I'm not ready for this. I don't know what to do. So all the while in the meeting, Sarah's boss thinks, this is going great. I am ready to hand over a new project to Sarah. She's nodding and she's saying, yes, everything looks good. So when Sarah's boss finishes up and says, can you, is there any, or do you have any questions? Is there anything that you uh, need to know? And in this process, Sarah's boss thinks everything is good. I had this meeting with Sarah. Sarah nodded. Sarah smiled and said, I'm ready to go. Sarah walks out of the meeting. And what do you think she thinks? I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I'm overwhelmed. Now, in this moment, we have a choice. Let me ask you. And you don't have to raise your hand, but I'd love it if you would. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you didn't have all the answers, but you were afraid to ask for more information or more clarification because you thought it would make you look like you didn't know what you were doing? Has anyone ever felt that way? Because I know I have. I know at least Juliana, I can see Juliana going, yep. Anybody else? Okay. That's fair. That's the key is how many, yeah, they, thank you, Valerie. I agree that we have those moments, but this is where I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. And that is questions win over quiet every single time. Questions win over quiet every single time. Now, let me back up and talk a little bit about my career. So over the time of my career, I started out as a gift wrapper at 16 years old. I was selling jewelry. Through my career, I expanded what I did. I had leadership and management responsibility until the last two positions that I held when I was still in corporate America, where I was responsible for as many as 500 people at a time and over $100 million in revenue a year. That is a huge responsibility. That is a big responsibility. But I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying this, that I have seen from every angle of leadership, working for someone else and leading others, the importance of the questions. So if we actually went back to Sarah, 
And Sarah said, you know, boss, <laughs> let's give boss a name. Let's say Linda, Linda, thank you so much for this honor. I really appreciate you trusting me enough to try to something new for you. I have to tell you, I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm not quite sure where to start, but what I'd really like to do is be able to ask you some questions. And of course, Linda is going to say, absolutely. What are your questions? But if Sarah stops herself by not asking those questions, she loses the opportunity right then and there to get clarification. And that lack of clarification right then and there can cost enormous amounts of pain and suffering in the long term. And let me give you an example. If Sarah is supposed to come up with new and unique social media posts that are different than they've done before in the company and different than anything they've done with the competition, but she didn't really hear that part. So she goes without asking questions and goes back to her desk and says, I don't know, how am I going to put this together? What am I going to do? So then she says, well, I know I'm going to start looking at what the competition's doing and that will give me some ideas. So maybe by the time she meets with Linda again, she says, here's my ideas. And Linda says, this looks like everything our competition's doing. Didn't you hear me when I said it needed to be different? In that moment, Sarah loses opportunity because she didn't ask the questions. The questions don't make her look like she can't do her job. The questions make her look like she's paying attention. The questions make her look like she's asking things for clarification. The questions make her appear more solid and confident in herself. That's the unique element of that. So when I say questions went out over quiet every time, that's because it's an element that you control and you show your knowledge over. So I'm gonna take just a moment. You all have notepads. I can see people taking notes. I want you just to write down for yourself one little note about an area that right now, this week in your job, you could ask a clarifying question of your leader that will help show that you are paying attention, involved, engaged. So let's just take a second and write something down for yourself. This will be a reminder. What question could I ask my leader this week that will show that I care enough about the outcome and I have confidence enough to ask it? Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. If today's episode sparks your interest for more, hop over to our Shock Your Potential website and learn more about our enlightened workplace community today. Simply go to shockyourpotential.com.